So I gave up on energy drinks years ago. They never did what they promised for me and often contained super iffy ingredients. Well, I recently tried Magic Mind, and I have to say, I was happily surprised. Magic Mind is designed for productivity to help you do more and stress less. I read up on the ingredients before trying it, and I was delighted to find that the benefits hold up in studies. Each little bottle contains natural ingredients like turmeric, curcumin, and ashwagandha for better moods, energy, and concentration. Magic Mind also has a pleasant taste. That was another fun surprise for me because I have loved the idea of green juices, but not so much the taste. I especially love how it has felt knowing that I'm doing something proactive for my health and my brain by sipping this little drink. It makes me feel uplifted. And get this, for the next 10 days, you can get 20% off your subscription. Simply go to magicmind.co slash boner or enter the code boner20, boner20 at checkout. Again, that's magicmind.co slash boner or the code boner20 to save 20%. What would it take to arouse your life? To experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom. I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. And you're like, I came here for my orgasm. (laughs) I could see that being a challenge. Yeah, that's why this information is so empowering because it gives you the communication to say, here are some of my needs that I recognize and how can we meet each other's needs more easily without thinking that it's just never going to work. There's ways to meet each other's needs and that's truly what sexual compatibility is. But we are taught that we're not taught a whole lot actually. I thought sexual compatibility meant that if what I like is what you like, then that means that we're sexually compatible. But once you learn the blueprints, you're able to meet the other person's needs. They're able to then meet yours. And then compatibility can just continue throughout your lifetime. Sex and intimacy coach Jessie Fresh told me that silence was her main sex educator growing up. There wasn't a lot of talk about it. There wasn't uh, shame around it or any kind of religious background for me. It's just that it was not talked about at all. So it was a job learned in experience. And that experience, I think, created a lot of Uh, scary moments for me of navigating something extremely vulnerable without any training or any, any skills at all. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that you noticed that sort of disconnect that this isn't something you talk about? Oh yeah. Um, That is a moment that has been, I think, etched in, in my brain as a heightened experience because I 
was in my early 20s and I was giving a partner oral sex and that had gone on for about 45 minutes. And leading up to the length of time, my thought process was like, what's going on? Like, is everything okay? I hope I'm doing this right. Is this a good experience for them? I can't read what's going on. Therefore, I'm having all of this tension built as I'm giving to my partner. And there's just complete silence between the both of us. And that awkward tension built and built and built until the point that like my body was uncomfortable because of my jaw being completely exhausted. (laughs) I mean, giving for 45 minutes when you're totally into it is a whole different experience. So we kind of had this eruption happen. And this eruption was a tense moment of us basically being like, what is going on? And that partner then said, like, what you're doing is never going to work. Uh, Like the style of what you're doing is never going to work. Like you're doing it too soft or you're not doing it enough. And that was a moment that I just was like, why didn't you say anything 45 minutes ago? And I just recognized that both of us were expecting to read each other's minds. And that silence was probably the teacher for both of us. And so we just navigated in the dark. And from then on, it was like, there there has to be other ways of doing this. Jesse and that partner stayed together for a while. They shared undeniable chemistry, she said. And it was the first time in her young adult life that she felt truly in love. But the relationship also had its problems. Looking back, it was a very toxic chemistry of highs and lows together. And I felt completely committed and in love, even if it was really unhealthy for me. And actually what I know now about sexual compatibility and chemistry, what was really bonding us was this feeling of not ever knowing if you're truly secure with that person and therefore having so much anticipation built up around this anxiety of like, what are we doing? Are we together? And then having these validating moments of heightened sexual experiences that kind of were in that moment reminding me like, oh, yes, of course, like this is love. This is passion when really it was instability and insecure attachment. But that chemistry is what I now know as the energetic blueprint. The energetic blueprint. That's one of the five erotic blueprints developed by somatic sexologist Jaya from her 20 years of clinical research and study about sex and pleasure. Jaya noticed particular patterns in arousal and desire. So she conceptualized them into five sexual archetypes to enhance folks' sex lives. Discovering these blueprints changed everything for Jessie in her sex life and her career. That all started when the relationship we talked about ended. I knew that I wanted the hot sex and I wanted in my next partnership a healthy relationship where we were committed to growing and we were 
communicative and really intentional. And in some ways, Jessie got that. She and her next partner shared great emotional chemistry. But then the actual physical chemistry, the sexual chemistry was lost. It was not there all the time. I kind of say that it is like taking a magic eight ball. And when we wanted to get sexy, I'd like metaphorically bounce around the magic eight ball and be like, please tell me we're we're going to have hot sex. And it would likely say, not tonight. (laughs) Uh, It felt like I was rolling the dice that I couldn't have reliable hot sex with this person. And that was extremely frustrating because I had had that in the past, but with the toxic past partner. So I really was stuck in my head. I was redecorating the bedroom as I was trying to feel turned on, which completely did not work. And therefore I would get stuck in my head. I would then think like, what's wrong with this partnership? We're so great together, but something is wrong. I'm not getting turned on. I'm completely distracted. It must be them or it must be me. And we fought a lot. And those those fights would be like explosive because we were so vulnerable, you know, naked together, trying to bond in this way. And it just was not working. Jesse knew that the emotional chemistry could sustain a lifelong partnership there. But she longed for that sexual spark. So she started doing research, reading all she could about sexuality. And that is when she was introduced to the erotic blueprints, which she now helps others discover and embrace. And I love how she described them. They are an arousal typing system to understand how you experience pleasure, what your specific type of route is to experience pleasure. And you can identify yourself in these five types. And by understanding what your type is, you get to know what turns you on, what are things that you could try maybe that you've never even thought of, the things that kind of get in the way. And uh, that provided a huge roadmap for me because I understood that I was the sensual blueprint at that time, mainly stuck in my head because my blueprint's needs weren't being met of sensuality and um, beauty being in the experience and lots of engagement and sensation. So therefore, I was just stuck in the shadow of that blueprint. Um, And so the blueprints created a pathway for me to kind of get unstuck and to experience the pleasure that my body naturally is wired as what's true for what turns it on. I asked Jesse to walk us through the five blueprints, the basics of what each one is and what an ideal versus not so great start to sex with a partner might be for each one. Starting with the energetic. The energetic blueprint is not energetic in the sense of like high energy, 
It is more so that they have an awareness of subtlety. They can feel other people's energy. When you walk in a room, an energetic blueprint can sense if you're upset, if you're happy. They just have this reading of energy. Because of being able to perceive everyone's state of being, they are cued into subtlety. And subtlety, slowness, space, spacious touch, and safety are the thing that they need to feel turned on. Safety for them is this primal sense that everything is okay. And you can sense that with eye contact, with full deep breaths, and with being completely present. And if that's not there, there's a slight little red flag that goes off. Their body and their mind says something's wrong. And so they cannot feel turned on unless they feel like everything is in the moment, that safety is fully unlocked. This might be you if sex starting out like this sounds pretty great. You both start by first looking into each other's eyes and really just connecting in that moment, taking some deep breaths together, maybe holding each other, uh, maybe doing some grounding kind of touch of like heavy weighted snuggling, and then beginning to do some type of light teasing touch. Touch that is exploratory, that has no agenda, that is just to awaken that person's skin. Starting out with a distracted partner, on the other hand, would probably not go down so well. Yeah, so if an energetic person were to have partnered sexy time and say that one of them uh, is thinking about how maybe the oven is still left on from dinner or that the trash cans didn't get brought up from trash day or that they are thinking, I really just need to get off and get an orgasm in and want that immediately. Uh, That would completely throw off the energetic person because they could sense that their partner is not in the room that their partner is either caught up in expectations or in an agenda. And that alone would make them feel like we're, we're not connected. Therefore, my body doesn't feel safe enough to open up. Then there's the sensual erotic blueprint, the type Jessie identified with when she first found this information. A very delicious scenario for my sensual self when I first found this information was lighting candles, setting up the space to have beautiful music playing, to have the the lights dimmed to like a romantic hue, having luxurious textures on the bed, maybe having warmed up massage oil and having kind of a conversation of like we have all the time that we want and we're going to explore each other's bodies from head to toe and then playing with sensation of like massage and then maybe some head massage and then maybe some kind of like scratching or nibbling uh maybe playing with essential oils or some kind of scent 
in the massage oil that would kind of activate your senses. All of that would be enough for me to relax. And the sensual blueprint has to relax, Jesse said, before they can get aroused. Feeling rushed, on the other hand, can be a major buzzkill for this type. Like, we have 10, 15 minutes to do this. Just feeling rushed is going to set them off to feel not relaxed. Say that also one song in the playlist is rubbing them the wrong way, or that they can feel cat hair on their body, or the sheets smell and aren't clean, or their body isn't pampered in a way like a fresh shower or a fresh shave. Um, Whatever it is that makes them feel really good in their body, if that is off, that is really hard to navigate for them because their senses are taking in so much information that if one little thing is off, it's it's the alarm system that is going like, wait, change this, change this, this is the thing that's wrong. And so if they don't change that, they are just alerted and kind of can really have tunnel vision of just seeing that. The third blueprint is known as the sexual blueprint, and it focuses on the, well, ins and outs of sex, often literally. Sex may be all about penetration or all about orgasm. And being passionate, Jesse said, is the best way to start getting busy for this type. They would really enjoy, like, making out and getting juicy tongue swirling, maybe their butt being grabbed and feeling very heightened sexual from the very beginning. So that means touching erogenous zones on their body, like the primary erogenous zones, their nipples, their genitals, their butt, maybe even seeing like nudity or speaking dirty talk to them because they can drop into arousal really quickly. So those are the things that captivate them. Yeah. So I'm guessing that maybe the energetic slow beginning might be more challenging for the sexual type. Definitely. So a lot of my clients are pairings of energetic people with a sexual partner and them just feeling like they're missing each other. With some awareness and strategizing, though, they can start turning that all around. If they don't, an energetic blueprint paired with a sexual blueprint, well, sex can feel wonky from the start. Say the sexual is like, oh my gosh, I've been turned on all day because I've been thinking about this moment. Therefore, like, I'm at full turn on as soon as we start making out, they can begin to feel. Like if they're paired with someone that's energetic and the energetic wants lots of time and space, they can get agitated because they feel like every second that passes, why aren't we doing the like heightened, passionate, sexual thing? Because I'm already there. Like I am bubbling over and therefore they can experience what I call horny rage. Like some anger comes out because they feel that they're having to be very patient and they really want to experience passion and heightened arousal because that's what makes them able to relax. It's the thing that makes life okay. They want an orgasm. And if you're like, 
we really need to go slower that they're like, but that's going to take me longer to actually feel relaxed. So they need that, that orgasm to feel completely validated in life and to feel completely calm in life. So the longer it takes to get there, the more agitated that they become. Mm, Yeah. And I could see also feeling a little bit entitled, especially if you are female presenting or you were raised as a girl and you learned that women go slow and they're the sensual ones. And then say you're with a cis man who is like very sensual and taking their time. And you're like, I came here for my orgasm. (laughs) I could see that being a challenge. Yeah. That's why this information is so empowering because it gives you the communication to say, here are some of my needs that I recognize. And how can we meet each other's needs more easily without thinking that it's just never going to work? There's ways to meet each other's needs. And that's truly what sexual compatibility is. But we are taught that we're not taught a whole lot, actually. I thought sexual compatibility meant that if what I like is what you like, then that means that we're sexually compatible. But once you learn the blueprints, you're able to meet the other person's needs. They're able to then meet yours. And then compatibility can just continue throughout your lifetime because your blueprint will likely shift and change throughout your lifetime and throughout your partnership as well. Next up, the kinky erotic blueprint, which does not necessarily mean you're into whips, chains, and spankings. Being kinky is such a huge range of possibilities. So I'll give you the most, I want to say vanilla, like the most vanilla version of kinky because some people go to the extremes of BDSM when kinky can mean BDSM or it can mean anything that feels taboo for you. For instance, I totally did not think that I was kinky. And what I learned is that actually a lot of things that I found that aroused me were quite taboo. Your definition of taboo is whatever is taboo for you, not just taboo for our society or for your place of living. For me, giving oral sex in a car is very taboo, very edgy, exciting. And that is the part of kink that felt exciting to me. Also, like maybe getting caught in a movie theater or even having housemates and having sex on the couch and knowing that the housemates could potentially come home at any time. It's that risk that is involved in the sex that makes it feel so exciting and enthralling. It's also playing with what I just mentioned is that psychological component of like, oh, my brain is so turned on because the taboo is there. There's also sensation-based kink where maybe your hair is massaged and then tugged at, which just feels a little submissive, or your butt is grabbed in a really like aggressive way that that sensation makes you go, this feels so like edgy. Or like someone took their nails and dragged them down your back to the point that you can't help but gasp because of that feeling so tingly. Those are sensations in kink that make you feel like, 
That's so hot. Why do I like that? What is not so hot for kinky blueprints is the same old, same old. A sex routine, no matter the specifics. Sex that feels like, oh, this is the same flavor that we've had for the last month or the last year. If it's always a routine of this means this means this and then we're done, that repetition is so boring to them and so predictable that they will completely become resentful. Yeah. So the the sexual script, as they say, like the same thing over and over, even if it was like with whips and chains and whatever, like it's just if it's always the same, where's the novelty? Where's like the taboo-ness of it? Yeah, that's what they really enjoy. They enjoy what their specific groove of taboo is, but keeping it creative. They really thrive from being creative, from from opening new doors of possibility, from continuous exploration. Last, we have the shapeshifter erotic blueprint, which sounds so magical, right? Yeah, I joke that the shapeshifter is the favorite at the orgy. The shapeshifter is the person that can speak all of the different languages. So they can adapt and meet you in whatever blueprint you're in. They also can shift. Uh, That's the shapeshifting quality is that they enjoy novelty and adventure and spontaneity. And sometimes what they want shifts every 30 seconds. When I first became a shapeshifter, I realized that every 30 seconds, I wanted to change into something else. I wanted from hair tugging to light kissing, to teasing, to butt grabbing, to spanking. And it was a wild ride. It makes it really fun. And the reason I joke that they can go to the orgy and be the favorite is that they're very adaptable. And that's also something that can sometimes hinder them because they can have so many different things that they enjoy that it might feel complicated to understand their own desires. So therefore, it's easier to focus outward and on someone else. There can be this people-pleasing part of like, I'm a Rubik's cube. So I know that you just have like a couple of needs and therefore we're going to focus on you and hopefully your arousal will inspire my arousal. But what that does over time is it produces like a disowning or a disregard for your own needs and therefore leaves them feeling pretty empty. If you're having sex with a shapeshifter, one thing you definitely do not want to do is keep your mouth shut about your wants while making it all about theirs. Not great experience for the shapeshifter would be that their partner is focusing on them and they're really enjoying what they're experiencing in that moment. And then they notice that something shifts and they don't know how to talk about it or they notice that they're now stuck in their head of like, why, why am I not turned on now? What do I want now? If they don't stay curious about what they want, it can become really difficult to navigate because 
shapeshifters don't always know what they desire, but they definitely want to try things to see if that's the winning uh, (laughs) arousal experience in that moment. So if they're not curious and easily flexible in terms of trying things out, then they can feel extremely stuck. Experts and proponents of erotic blueprints seem to agree that yours can change for all sorts of reasons, like the environment you're in, experiences you've had, whether positive or hurtful. Tosh Patterson, another certified erotic blueprint coach, told Mind Body Green that our blueprints can change with different life stages too. Jessie has identified with all of them at some point, and she described the changes as very circumstantial. So when I had a really intense time um, because of a traumatic bodily injury, it turned me into an energetic blueprint because my sense of safety was expanded and needed to be met before I could feel turned on because of my body not being well. Or you could have a primary blueprint that stays pretty consistent. Regardless, enhancing your sex life with your own starts with self-awareness. Taking an online quiz could be a great starting point, but they aren't foolproof. When I first found out about this information, I thought, oh, I'm for sure sensual. That is completely me. Of course, like I love I love beauty. I love decorating a space. So therefore, that's me. Also, that was my main educator, I think, in our society of like what female sexuality is. It's it's seduction. It is romance. It is putting Barry White on and putting on some silk sheets and taking a bubble bath. So I adopted that as my script for what I needed. Now, when I would actually receive the things that the sensual blueprint wanted, I was not turned on. It wasn't until I started experiencing more of the heightened sensation of the sensual blueprint that almost verged on the kinky side of like deep scratches and like heavy hair tugging and nibbling to biting that I was like, oh my gosh, my body was so lit up. That's when I learned that actually the kinky blueprint was just the thing that lit up my whole body like it was on fire in the hottest way. (laughs) If you would like to get lit up in a similar way, you can take the Erotic Blueprint Quiz or sign up for Jessie's Pleasure Mastery Workshop at jessiefresh.com. She also offers free guides for discovering your desires and communicating about sex. And communication and pleasure are really the biggest benefits Jessie herself has gleaned from this work, both in her life and with her clients. This work has for one, made me feel very confident in understanding exactly what's going on, um, exactly how to communicate uh, what's what's on my mind or what I need. Uh, it's allowed me to have my needs met, to understand my needs, to be in discovery about my needs. And this work always calls me to be practicing. So I did not realize 
in entering this as a profession that I would continuously have to show up to exploration and recommitting to my pleasure. And that has been the best unexpected blessing because pleasure is what resources us and it's what makes me feel alive. So being able to feel committed to that because I have to be (laughs) is really wonderful. Um, Yeah. Here is to showing up for our own pleasure. I think we can all learn from that. And if you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I would so appreciate it if you would post a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the iTunes Store. And please do tell your friends about it. You can also support the show while getting fun bonus content by joining my community at patreon.com slash girlboner. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>